Making sure a business thrives is challenging, but sometimes the solution can lie right in the numbers. Uh, specifically, 37,000, 25, and 1. Now, these aren't just figures. They're a gateway to more visibility and decisive control in your business. Let's start with 37,000. That's the amount of businesses who've embraced NetSuite by Oracle, the ultimate cloud financial system revolutionizing accounting, financial management, HR, and beyond. And 25? That's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do everything from accelerating financial closures to slashing operational costs. And every business is unique, making yours the one that matters. NetSuite offers tailored solutions to amplify your key performance indicators, all consolidated within one streamlined platform. Ready to optimize? Download NetSuite's coveted KPI checklist, engineered to elevate your performance consistently, absolutely free. Visit netsuite.com slash cbs now. That's netsuite.com slash cbs. Breaking news tonight, 100,000 deaths worldwide. A global milestone as the death toll continues to rise here at home. But in New York, coronavirus cases are starting to level off. And for the first time, the number of patients in the ICU declines. But these signs come with a warning. As encouraging as they are, we have not reached the peak. And these striking images, bodies buried on Hearts Island in the Bronx. Among them, COVID patients in a field used for burying the unclaimed dead. Reopening America. The president says he has a date in mind to restart the economy, and it's weighing on him. I'm going to have to make a decision, and I only hope to God that it's the right decision. And there's new projections predicting a surge of deaths if restrictions are eased too soon. Tracking the spread. Millions have been tested, but why are thousands of rapid tests going unused? Plus, Apple and Google join forces to alert you if you've been exposed to the virus. The new normal for Easter. Prayers online, drive through Easter egg hunts and the religious leaders who plan to defy orders and open up their churches. And something to brighten your Friday, Steve Hartman's On the Road, how a newspaper delivery man carried kindness to his customers who needed it most. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. And as we come on the air tonight, more than 100,000 people have now been killed by coronavirus worldwide. This Good Friday has been another harrowing Friday on the front lines of the pandemic and the end to one of the deadliest weeks in modern American history. Tonight, the death toll here in the U.S. now tops 18,000, with nearly half a million total confirmed cases. There are encouraging signs in New York State, the epicenter of the crisis, where the number of new infections each day seems to be leveling off. But the president's coronavirus task force is warning we have still not reached the peak of infections nationwide. Tonight, we're also learning about a new government forecast obtained by The New York Times that warns hundreds of thousands more could die if stay-at-home guidelines are lifted at the end of this month. And as we begin this Easter weekend, it will be unlike any we've known. Instead of crowding into churches, many Christians will be forced to worship alone. There is a lot to get to tonight, and our team is standing by to cover it all. We're going to begin with Mola Lenghi in Long Island, New York. Mola? 
Well, Nora, as you mentioned, another alarmingly high day of deaths across the state of New York. And as this virus spreads outside New York City to places like Long Island here, hospitals and towns are scrambling to do just this, put up field hospitals and expand their ability to treat COVID patients. A chilling view from above. Freshly dug trenches on Hart Island, New York City's 150-year-old public cemetery, where once-a-week burials have turned into a five-day operation. Among them, unclaimed victims of coronavirus. As the death toll soars, morgue space is running low, forcing city officials to reduce the number of days bodies will be stored. We are cautiously optimistic that we are slowing the infection rate. For the first time since the outbreak began, ICU hospital admissions are down. So are the use of ventilators. And yet... The bad news is uh, we continue to lose a tremendous number of lives and endure great pain as a state. 777 lives lost. But the death toll in New York may be even higher. The official toll does not include people who may have died at home. Those bodies are not tested. The epidemic has spread into the New York City suburbs of Long Island, where there have been more than 1,000 deaths so far. With more drive-through testing sites, Long Island has more confirmed cases than any state in the nation outside New York and New Jersey. The urgency has led to the construction of this 1,000-bed facility for hospital overflow at Stony Brook University Medical Center. Life was normal here 30 days ago. We didn't have a confirmed patient. And, and now today we have over 40,000 positive patients on Long Island. The virus didn't spare 44-year-old ICU nurse Ali Guillermo, who died yesterday. He's a good man. The father of three will be remembered for his love of singing and dancing at parties hosted at his Long Island home. His daughter, Denise. What are you guys going to miss most? Um, just his presence, mostly. I mean... It's hard to think that my dad won't be here, um, especially as like we grow. The sheer volume of death has overwhelmed New York City funeral homes. It's nightmarish how busy it is. I mean, it's, it's to the point where every phone call is someone looking for help, and we just can't help anyone anymore. Social distance reminders are everywhere, including one tweeted today by New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, employing a hometown hero. There is strength in numbers. More than 20 nurses from Syracuse, New York, arrived to a hero's welcome by staffers at a Long Island hospital. Reinforcements to help treat patients. Well, here in Suffolk County, there are more than 700 ICU beds. Nearly 70% of those are currently being used by COVID patients. Nora? Mola, thank you. The president had hoped to reopen America by Easter. That's this Sunday, but that's not going to happen. And now small businesses are facing red tape and delays when they apply for a portion of the $350 billion in the Paycheck Protection Program. Weijia Zhang joins us tonight from the White House. And Weijia, was the president was talking about a date to restart the economy. Did he give a specific date? Honora, President Trump is eyeing May 1st as a date to get the country back to business. Today, he said he would certainly listen to his top medical experts if they tell him that is too early. But he added there are two sides to every argument. Choosing when to reopen the economy is weighing heavily on President Trump. It's the biggest decision I've ever had to make. His top health officials urged caution. We have not reached the peak 
And so every day we need to continue to do what we did yesterday and the week before. As the president decides when to relax social distancing guidelines, millions of business owners are counting on federal loans to survive. The SBA handled nearly 60,000 loan applications in all of last year. It's gotten nearly 500,000, more than eight times that, just in the last week. We had 2,000 customers a day walking in. Evan Obsat says now only a few hundred people visit the New York City grocery and catering company his family has run for 45 years. Obsatz is relying on the new Paycheck Protection Program to cover payroll for eight weeks. They heard that the funds will be released in uh, the last half of April. Realistically, that's uh, two to three weeks away, so we'll see. CBS News obtained this message from Wells Fargo explaining loan delays due to high demand. They warned about limited funds that could run out. Today, the president said smaller banks are ahead. I hear the community banks, frankly, are the easiest ones in terms of getting the money out. So the money is getting out. Not true, according to Rebecca Romero Rainey of the Independent Community Bankers of America. The group sent a letter to the administration saying banks don't have enough guidance to process loans. We need immediate response, clarity. And so uh, community bankers just needs their questions answered so that we can take care of small businesses and get these loans funded. Adding to the challenges, CBS News has learned the Small Business Administration has informed banks and lenders their website will be down for maintenance from midnight to 6 a.m. That is precious time as they work around the clock to try to find relief for businesses. Nora. All right, Ouija, thank you so much. One way to get Americans back to work is with an antibody test, something Dr. Anthony Fauci said today could be available as early as next week. But many health officials believe we still need a larger surveillance and testing infrastructure that includes diagnostic tests. Here's Dr. Tara Narula on why that is so important. The nation is ramping up testing. This week, Walgreens and CVS announced they are opening 17 more drive through sites, which could test thousands more people. And the CDC just began using its own blood test to look at past signs of infection. But public health expert Dr. Ashish Jha says it's just a start. What is our current testing capacity at this time? You know, we're testing about 130 to 150,000 people a day. That sounds like a lot, but for a country of 325 million people, it's not nearly enough. We need to be doing a lot more. Test makers like Abbott Labs were capable of processing a million rapid response tests in the last three weeks. But according to the White House Coronavirus Task Force, it ran less than 10 percent of that. I want testing to be ubiquitous. If I can do that, we know who's got the disease. We can isolate them. We can uh, keep them separate. And then we can let everybody else who's not infected get back to work. More testing for the antibodies that show previous infection and might tell us who is immune are also coming online. That could get people back to work faster. Once the infection rates are down, if we have a testing infrastructure in place, we can open up. If we want our economy to stay open, this has got to be priority number one. Nora, Dr. Jha was clear in saying that our problems with testing have been a federal failure. But if we prioritize building that strong testing infrastructure, we can get the economy off the ground in weeks as opposed to months. Really important message. Dr. Tara Narula, thank you.
And on this Good Friday, Pope Francis presided over a much smaller than usual way of the cross procession at St. Peter's Square. During Holy Week Mass, the Pope called healthcare workers saints next door. Many of the world's two billion Christians will celebrate Easter differently and at home. And if you try to go to church in Kentucky, the governor says your license plate will be recorded and you'll need to quarantine. Here's Maria Virael on what other states are doing. Yeah, people are looking for answers. They're looking for peace. Amid the pandemic, the doors of the Fountains Fellowship Church are closed. Pastor Don Womble delivering his sermon from the pious parking lot, as he will on Easter Sunday. Was there ever a question that you would hold service? Yes, there was a question we'd hold service because we need that connection with God and we need that connection with one another. And so, yeah, it's a challenge. But restrictions on religious gatherings have become a political storm in Kansas. The Republican legislature overturned the Democratic governor's order limiting services to fewer than 10 people. She's now fighting them in court. We do not have time to play political games during a pandemic. Across the nation, of the 43 states that have issued stay-at-home orders, at least 18 consider places of worship or traveling to or from places of worship to be essential. This church in Georgia vows to defy stay-at-home orders, joining a handful of others that will be open for Easter. In some states, defiance has led to mugshots of arrested pastors. Still, most churches around the country are celebrating online or holding, stirring mass, minus the parishioners. We miss you very much, but we make the best of this. A sentiment shared by Pastor Don. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Mireya Villarreal, CBS News, Fort Worth, Texas. Today, President Trump said he wants to speed up help to the nation's farmers, and it can't come soon enough. Dairy farmers in Pennsylvania are pouring milk down the drain. Look at these pictures because of the dried up demand from closed restaurants and schools, while others stand by helplessly as their crops rot in the field. Manuel Bohorkas reports tonight from Florida. When the wheels of the economy stopped turning, so did the tractor. Farmhands pick a few pallets at Kern Carpenter's Homestead, Florida farm, but the rest will wither on the vine. I probably have in the neighborhood of 60 to 70,000 boxes that I'll leave in the field. About 80% of tomatoes grown in Florida go to the food service industry. But with restaurants drastically scaled back and hotels, cruise ships, even schools closed, demand evaporated at a time when the fields are bursting with produce. There's no, not enough customers uh, for all the tomatoes, beans, squash, everything that's raised in Homestead, we're all struggling. The strain on the farm economy is also costing jobs. 200 workers have already been laid off at Tony Damari's packing operation because of the lack of demand. And the best way I can describe the situation we're in uh, right now is, is truly helpless. Damari has five packing companies around the country. He had to close his homestead center a month early, leaving nearly 10 million pounds of tomatoes to go unharvested. The clock is ticking, and every day that goes by, uh, is another box of tomatoes uh, left in the field to rot. For Carpenter, a third-generation farmer, the virus is threatening more than just a business. It's his way of life. You think you've seen it all, but I don't think anybody living's ever seen anything like this. Manuel Bohorquez, CBS News, Miami. 
More than 70 million people in more than a dozen southern states are bracing for severe weather this weekend. Dallas and San Antonio, Texas could see baseball-sized hail tomorrow. On Easter Sunday, tornadoes could hit Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Alabama. Forecasters expect it to be the biggest severe weather day so far this year. A major announcement from Apple and Google today. They are teaming up to create voluntary coronavirus tracing and tracking software for iPhones and Androids to tell people if they've been near an infected person. You essentially get an alert. It's a type of contact tracing, which experts say is key to stopping the spread. The companies say privacy safeguards will be built in. The ACLU said today it should only be used for public health purposes during the pandemic. At New York's northern Westchester Hospital, the condition of an 88-year-old coronavirus patient named Rita Rooney is now listed as Code Sun. In that hospital network, Code Sun means a COVID-19 patient has recovered and is being discharged. And after two weeks of treatment, Rita was serenaded by applause from medical workers. And can you hear it? Here comes the sun by the Beatles. Way to go, lovely Rita. It's all right. It's often said that a person's true character is revealed in times of adversity. Steve Hartman found proof of that on the road. Long before social distancing, Greg Daly was already keeping his customers at arm's length. In fact, to those on his paper route in central New Jersey, Greg has never been anything more than a blur past their driveway. But all that changed when one elderly customer asked him a simple favor. Could he please pull in and throw the paper closer to the garage? It hit me that if she can't get the paper at the sidewalk, which is 20 feet from the house, in this pandemic, how is she going to get the things she needs? So a couple of days later, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to put this note out. The note, stuck in the next day's edition, said, My name is Greg Daly, and I deliver your newspaper every morning, which was news to most people. I would like to offer my services, free of charge, to anyone who needs groceries. From that moment to this, the phone has been ringing off the hook. He takes the orders, does the shopping, and delivers the groceries, not by whipping them out the window, but by carefully placing them on the porch. Be well. Happy holiday. So far, he's delivered to nearly 100 senior citizens on his route. And the word's gotten out. And some not on his route. If Greg hears about a person who is older or compromised, he will be there. How are you? And boy, are people grateful. Step back and I'll put him in the house for you. Eileen Stein is 85 and recently widowed. I don't have enough adjectives. He is one of the finest people in the world. The lady at this house went even further, called him the closest thing to God. God. <laughs> There's a level of appreciation here, Steve, that goes above and beyond anything I've ever seen. So no, I'm not going to stop. Well, you'll stop when this is done. I, <laughs> Greg says, not necessarily. There's something about being able to do something really nice for people. When you hear folks say America will emerge from this stronger. It's my pleasure. This is exactly what they mean. Greg didn't do volunteer work before. Heck, he didn't even do his own grocery shopping before. He's just a guy called to duty by circumstance who will now stay in service. By choice. Have a great day, all right? Steve Hartman, CBS News, on the road. So true, not just stronger, but kinder. So many good people out there. 
And don't forget, Steve is offering his online class for kids, Kindness 101. That's every Monday for the rest of the school year. This week's topic is optimism. You can find it at cbsnews.com slash kindness 101. Coming up next week on the CBS Evening News, we're going to begin a new series, Racing to a Cure, with what's being done right now to find treatments for the virus. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. We wish you and your family a happy Easter. Stay safe this weekend, and we'll see you right back here on Monday. Good night. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.